The Future Works, a podcast for workforce professionals, hosted by me, Melinda Mack. Businesses need good workforce. The, the world is changing around us. We have to continue to adapt and invest in that workforce to make sure that we are ready for the future, ready for changes, and ready to adapt. Investing $175 million is great. But putting too many strings to that funding is not so great. We should just give you the money and get out of the way. That's Woo! the way yes. Workforce development is economic development, and you can't have one without the other. Human capital is just as important as the machinery and the software that's going into the businesses. We need to focus on how do we create a work environment that is conducive to anyone's interests and needs, not just the traditional worker. These are people we're talking about. It's not widgets. It's not something coming off of a manufacturing line. It's an actual person. We're in the tightest labor market in decades. As we talk to businesses from across New York, they can't find skilled workers. Many, many job postings are sitting open. We have over 50,000 good paying jobs in demand sectors just waiting to be filled with talent. And as you know, the shortage of labor is directly impeding our state's ability to attract new employers, hindering business productivity and economic growth potential. We just don't have enough skilled talent to meet the needs of employers. And it doesn't look like this problem is going away. And we're facing even bigger challenges that despite our effort to grow the economy, low wage jobs are just dominating our labor market. Of the top 10 occupations that make up over 1.7 million jobs, nine out of 10 pay less than $32,000 a year. Among the top 10 occupations statewide, only one surpasses $50,000 a year at the height of the career path. This means that nearly 2 million New Yorkers struggle to make ends meet. The United Way in New York put out a report that demonstrated 45% of households are living at or beneath the basic cost of living, putting individuals and families one flat tire away from not being able to put food on the table. We have people who want to work in our state. What they don't have is the opportunity to develop their skills in a meaningful way. When we think about our state's ability to grow and be a great place to live, we have to address this. Workforce development isn't just about getting a job. It's also about making sure people have childcare, that they can get to and from work, that they have opportunities to advance their career and also adapt their skill set as time goes on. Invest in Skills New York is a statewide advocacy partnership between employers, economic development, and the workforce development communities to urge the New York State governor and the legislature to prioritize a skilled workforce as an economic necessity. Funded by private philanthropy, this effort aims to raise a collective knowledge about workforce development as economic development and encourages policy reforms to meet the changing demands of the labor market. Invest in Skills New York is staffed by Jobs First NYC and the New York Association of Training and Employment Professionals to coordinate a statewide voice for pushing a unified workforce agenda. Invest in Skills New York was formed in the fall of 2017. It was a first of its kind, interdisciplinary, statewide partnership of businesses, workforce and economic development partners, education leaders, youth groups, and special population providers, all interested in a better outcome for and from the New York State workforce system. On March 2nd, 2020, hosted by Senator James Sanders and Senator Jessica Ramos, members of the State Labor Committee, 
Invest in Skills New York hosted its first ever Invest in Skills New York Day at the New York State Capitol. This event brought together over 120 individuals from close to 60 organizations. The event brought together upstate and downstate workforce providers who do direct service to young adults or individuals with disabilities, to those who are formerly incarcerated, to employers and employer association groups, all standing shoulder to shoulder to tell the New York State Legislature and to support the governor's office and their continued quest to invest in workforce development as a priority. This was the first of its kind. We've not had a workforce development day in recent history, and it was an opportunity for us to share, and not only share, but describe why workforce development is such a significant part of our economic development strategy. It is Monday morning. It is the day of our advocacy day, and we all work kind of pumped yesterday getting excited and I think last night I slept not as much as I should have because I was getting excited and nervous that things weren't going to go well but we did find out we were in the SCED today which is part of sort of like the political landscape here in New York you want to get in city and state's daily SCED which sort of tells people what the schedule is going on at the Capitol so hopefully that will increase some of our traffic Um, I just finished loading up the car now I'm heading over to the legislative office building to meet the rest of the team so that we can start to unpack and get the day going how cute you guys look on your shirt. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nick was so nice and gave us food. You guys were okay. smart. I was like, I'm just going to wear a tank top because I'm going to have to like throw it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So everyone caffeinated, ready to go? I have no caffeine and I'm ready. Look at that. Hey, Len, thanks for coming. I wanted to stop over and say hi, but also to get your feedback on why you came to Invest in Skills New York Advocacy Day. Well, it's great to be here. I'm Len Statham. I'm with the New York Association of Psychiatric Rehabilitation Services, otherwise known as NIAPRS. It's a very important uh, uh, event for NIAPR simply because we want a good workforce for New York, and it comes through NIATEP. It comes through uh, the Workforce Association, and we just want to be a part of that. We do a lot of trainings across the country, and New York is especially important to us. What do you see as some of the biggest factors in being able to hire and retain the workforce to support individuals who you're working with or the individuals you're working with, some of the challenges they're facing as they engage? That's a great question. I think uh, for us, uh, because we uh, represent a large uh, behavioral health workforce, that um, it's important for us, um, and, and what I see in New York State is the people with behavioral health conditions that are coming into the workforce have special needs, and we just want to make sure those, those needs are addressed. And what would, what's considered a behavioral health issue? Well, somebody maybe that has uh, been out of the workforce, uh, maybe they have schizophrenia, maybe they have bipolar disorder, they don't have the solid work history that many workers do. And they might need some accommodations at work. Some might not need accommodations at all. Some people just need a chance. And so with, with the workforce the workforce shortage, with, there's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines that we'd like to bring back into the um, fold. Thank you. So, Pat, I'm going to talk to you a bit about individuals with disabilities, because as you know, we've put out in our State of the Workforce report the stunning figure that over 60 percent of New Yorkers who present or have a disability are out of the workforce, aren't working or looking for work. Um, Talk a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Hi, my name is Pat Taus, and I am the Vice President of Business Partnerships and Development. And in that role, um, I'm doing just what I'm doing, staying here, doing an advocacy day around building a workforce in New York that includes people with disabilities. 
We're excited about being partners with NIATEP as they look to create a work skill component that never has existed in New York before. And we're going to make that happen here in New York with you guys. Thanks. So talk a little bit about what you think some of the challenges are. Why why are employers so resistant to hiring individuals with disabilities? What do you think the big the big barrier is? I'm not so sure they're resistant. I think they are somewhat... Um, uneducated about the value of the skilled workforce that includes people with disabilities. Um, People with disabilities regularly are attending college, regularly graduate from high school, participate in BOCES and VOTEC programs, go to our community colleges. They just need a work environment that will encompass them and their interests and their needs. And we need to educate them on how to do that. That's such a great point. I was in New Orleans about a year and a half ago, and we were at a burger joint. And it was, you know, we were in New Orleans, so it was really late at night. <laughs> and the young man that was serving us, turns out, it was it was clear that he had he had something going on. Mm-hmm. But he had a PhD in mathematics and physics, um, and we were actually able to follow and connect him to the to New Orleans Workforce Development Board mm-hmm. to be able to get him into employment. But I kept thinking, here's this man with this stunning set of skills that is just being wasted flipping burgers in a way that is just unnecessary. What plays out is um, those kinds of folks that graduate from college with high level engineering degrees, let's say, or in your case, the PhD in whatever that might have been, when they go to interview at a traditional company that hasn't um, an understanding of how to create the work environment that uh, supports an individual's special t- specialty needs, and I hate using that phrase, but indeed in this situation, we need to focus on how do we create a work environment that is conducive to anyone's interests and needs, not just the traditional worker. So that person probably went for an interview, got the job for a little bit, but then the workforce, the workspace that they actually were in couldn't support what they needed to do in their processing disorder or whatever else it might have been. In 2018, Governor Cuomo unveiled a new initiative for workforce development. This included a $175 million workforce development initiative that would be managed by a brand new Governor's Office of Workforce Development. This was an effort to streamline and increase coordination by developing a consolidated funding application process that would be outside of the state's Regional Economic Development Council process. Funding pooled existing and new workforce resources for job training and employment services and was the first time in a long time that the workforce development sector felt like we finally had a wind under our belt. Yeah, so let me sort of wrap with you guys by asking, what are you hoping to get out of today? More support for our workforce and more training for our workforce. Indeed, um, making sure that all the state systems, we have a a combined joint plan under the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act that's been issued. We're waiting for the final uh, document to come out. It requires Department of Labor and the VR system to actually work together probably for the first time ever. There's a lot of words on paper. We're just waiting to see, and we hope that the senators and the assemblymen that may show up today understand that they have to keep an eye on that and make sure that employment first is what we really are in in this state. Thank you, guys.
allow us to do. Make sure that we are uh, giving every single New Yorker the tools that they need in order to be self-sufficient and contribute to our economy and to our society here in New York. We get these $175 million that uh, have been allocated. It's a drop in the bucket, we know, but it's So we've also been joined by one of our dear friends and colleagues, Assemblymember Marcos Crespo from the Bronx, who also is the chair of the Labor Committee. Let's give it up for Marcos Crespo. Uh, just first of all, thank you for making the rounds, for being here, making your presence felt, and really talking about issues that I think, as uh, Walter you know, uh, put it perfectly well, this is, these are the investments we have to make in the people of the state of New York uh, so that our economy can grow. Businesses need good workforce. The, the world is changing around us. We have to continue to adapt and invest in that workforce to make sure that we are ready for the future, ready for changes and ready to adapt and ready to grow the economy the right way. And, and I will just say this, spending or investing $175 million is great, but putting too many strings to that funding is not so great. And we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We have to trust the, the, the skills and the experience of those of you in your own communities who know where the gaps are, who know what's needed, who know how to do uh, that work in a culturally sensitive way in your respective communities. We should just give you the money and get out of the way. That Woo! is the way I say it. Yes. Yes. That is what I hope we can do tomorrow. Uh, and again, uh, it's great to, to make the right decisions, but we can't outsmart ourselves. You know what's needed. We should trust the work that your teams do. And I really appreciate the efforts of the association. I've been, a, you know, in the last uh, year and a half as, as labor chair, I've really been impressed by the level of commitment that the association has its members uh, to invest in the right things. And the right thing is the people of the state of New York, and you do that every day. So continue that great work, and God bless. Thank you. Katie Geis. I'm the executive director of the Chautauqua County Workforce Development Board. Brian Williams, I'm the Commissioner of Employment and Training and Director of the Rensselaer County Career Center. So you both participated in legislative visits for Invest in Skills First Advocacy Day. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your takeaways or what some of the discussions were with the legislators. Well, some of the discussions were really around why we, why we were there, why Invest in Skills is important, why workforce development is important. But my, I, my biggest takeaway was how little they knew about what we do out in the field every single day, helping job seekers find jobs and helping businesses fill their open positions, and also making that connection to career pathways and all of the different training opportunities that we bring forth to the members of our community and really ultimately their constituents and how critical it is to the success of not only their local areas but to the state of New York as a whole. Yeah, it's. I think when we realize that it's more than just a job, right? Like a job is part of what we do, but it is so much bigger. Um, so both of you come from areas that are sort of rural, but also a mix of rural and urban. Um, Brian, what are some of the specific challenges that the job seekers and businesses are facing um, for the people that you work with? Well, I think what's interesting is, you know, we talk a lot about the unemployment rates and things like that, and that's really not a true indicator of where we are in terms of things. And one thing that I think the legislators did find is they understood the underemployment rate was super important to them. 
they understood that, you know, their, those entry-level jobs are really just the tip of the iceberg for bringing that career pathway on. And especially in the rural areas, too, because, you know, transportation obviously is an issue. Uh, we have some, some businesses that are actually starting to step up in our area that realize that, you know, the, the spoken hub model for transportation isn't always working. So they're going to take that last mile and bring folks to the businesses. And, you know, the legislators were, were super impressed with how work working as a system to kind of break down those silos between all the things that we're doing. Workforce development is economic development, and you can't have one without the other. And that's one thing I think as we're telling the story to the legislators, they really got that this is economic development and human capital is just as important as the machinery and the software that's going into the businesses. You know, one of the things that we were talking about as a team um, about how public policy has shifted so much in the last 30 years that it's part of the reason why there's these bigger, bigger gaps in income inequality, but also why we're not we're not seeing employers respond the way they used to in terms of investing. Right, they used to have labor unions that were strong in all parts of the states. Used to have other sorts of public assistance or supports that was more readily available or more robust. The federal workforce dollars were 50 percent higher just even 15 years ago, and so I think it's as we're thinking about this and we're thinking thinking about these gaps, um, where do you sort of see big changes that you'd like to see in public policy at the state level or at the federal level to try to address this? Well, first of all, I'd like to see the system fully funded, and I'd like to see the state invest in the system and not just rely on the federal government, like so many of our, the other states and, and even our neighboring states are doing. And so it's really fully funding the system. If you want a system that's robust and is able to do the work and is able to help as many people as possible, businesses as well as job seekers, you have to put the money in. I mean, there has to be dollars there in order to make that work. The other piece is, is to ensure that those dollars are not restrictive in who can access them. So you can't have these pots of money that are so restrictive in the which job seeker or which incumbent worker can utilize these dollars. They have to be flexible because these are people we're talking about. It's not widgets. It's not something coming off of a manufacturing line. It's an actual person. And so at the end of the day, the more flexible those dollars can be, the more we can actually answer the needs of not only the job seeker, the unemployed, the underemployed, but also that business. And businesses need money that's available quickly. It can't take forever for it to get to them because they have a need and they have a need that was a need yesterday, two weeks ago, a month ago. They don't have a need that they're going to be able to forecast a year out or six months out, which is sometimes how long it takes to access our funding. I think, feel like if we got it in four to six months, we'd probably be thrilled, right? We'd be lucky. <laughs> exactly. Right. And businesses look at us like, what are you talking about? I told you what my need is because you came and asked me. I'm telling you what I need from you, and you're telling me that you'll try to help me get it, but chances aren't really good that we'll be able to get it anytime soon. Yeah. How about you, Brian? I was speaking to actually a business last week about this, and, and you know, he's going to be making some phone calls, obviously, to the state, too, because the speed is really the key. The, the funding's important, uh, the flexibility is super important, but speed is of, we have to work at the speed of business. And when someone needs training for their employee that they want to onboard today, or even in two weeks, we can't say, well, come back to us in a month. And, and, and that's typical government red tape that in my world, we always try to tell the businesses, we'll handle the red tape for you. You're running your business. Let me do this for you. Um, and what's interesting is the business I met with, he had an interesting take on it. He felt that it was part of his responsibility in a community to help workforce not necessarily just for his business, but in general. So, you know, he, he felt almost like, like, 
companies in Europe feel from uh, a German apprenticeship model. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 they the, the businesses have a vested interest in making sure there's a skilled workforce because that's quality of life in our communities. The economic landscape in New York and across the U.S. is changing. About a decade ago, we saw unemployment rates in the double digits. Now, it's not uncommon to find an unemployment rate, depending on where you live, to be below 4%. But if you include those who are discouraged, marginally attached, or people who are working part-time but really would like to work full-time, the unemployment rate is closer to 7.6 or even 8%, depending, again, on where you live in our state. What we also know is that many, many New Yorkers are still struggling to find a good or better job. If you look at individuals with disabilities, people who are formerly incarcerated, individuals with low basic skills, or even young adults, they're still struggling to find jobs that make ends meet, and more importantly, jobs that allow them to advance into real careers. What we think is happening is that New Yorkers are lacking the skills they need or the skills in demand. Across our state, about 42% of New Yorkers, or 5.65 million New Yorkers, have a high school diploma or equivalency or less. This is up 2% from our report last year. Of those individuals who completed less than a high school diploma or high school equivalency, a significant number never even entered ninth grade. About a million people have less than a ninth grade education. Of those 24% of New Yorkers who have some college or an associate's degree, two thirds or 2.1 million New Yorkers have some college credit but no degree. What does this mean for us? It means New Yorkers are lacking the skills that they need in order to be able to make it in our labor market. One of the reasons why this is concerning and why we've been so active in Invest in Skills New York is ultimately we need to get these folks into good skilled jobs before the labor market changes. We know that when there's an economic downturn, individuals with a high school diploma or less, individuals who are marginalized in our labor market, typically don't make it out of a recovery. So our hope is, while we can still get employers to hire, while employers are excited and looking for people to work, we can actually connect all of this talent to meaningful and good employment, and hopefully help them ride out the next recession. Thank you for joining the Future Works podcast. You can download previous episodes at www.niatep.org.